It's a first for the How To Be 60 podcast, a guest who was inspired by Karen. Alison is a regular listener, which I love, but inspired by Karen, not so much. It's not the sort of thing that I do. I don't just pack it all in. I just have excuses for not doing things because I think, oh, I can't leave because I've got a mortgage. I can't leave because of my you know, parents. I can't do this and I can't do that. And I've done it. And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. Hi, everyone. Kay Adams and Karen McKenzie here with your weekly dose of How to Be 60, um, which makes it sound a little bit like cod liver oil, actually, doesn't it? <laughs> like for your joints or something. Um, I'm really looking forward to today because we are going to be speaking to one of our uh, listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ali, mm-hmm. um, who says, wait for it, that she was, this is sticking in my throat, inspired by you. Sorry, I was momentarily uh, distracted there. Can you say that again? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Inspired by you. That's yes. Great. Great, 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 great. Um, I, um, I can't believe that. I'm so delighted. Do you want to hear the email? Oh, can I hear it just now? Yes, let, let, let's hear it. Uh, but we are going to speak to, to Ali, but uh, let's have the email just now. Um, so this came in a few weeks ago. Um, so it says, just thought I'd let you know that listening to your podcast gave me my own um, epiphany. And thank you, Alison, for pronouncing it the <laughs> correct way. Um, I have worked for the same NHS employer since leaving school, which will be 42 years in July. I'll be 58 in August, so that's kind of now. Um, the last couple of years have been tough. I lost my dad in semi-lockdown in 2020, couldn't visit in hospital or then in a care home. Uh, my mum had a major operation in September 21 um, and then discovered lung and breast cancer for the second time. So mum's been in and out of hospital and poorly since then. Working full time and trying to look after her has been a juggling act. Work isn't what it used to be, and I've been quite fed up with it all. I have been considering taking early retirement, but haven't been brave enough to take the plunge, always finding reasons uh, why not. Then I was listening to your podcast the other week where Karen said that she decided to take early retirement. She got all the material things she needed, and as long as she had enough money to pay the bills, that was enough. And that's when I thought, bleep, (laughs) fuck it. Um, She's right. I've got everything I need. The penny dropped. I could sit here for the next 10 years getting a good salary. But, and this is the line, and I think I've actually quoted Alison on this since, you can't buy time. Mm -hmm. So So on Monday this week, I handed in my notice and with effect from the 31st of August 2022, (sighs) which is this day that we're recording this. It won't necessarily be when this podcast goes out, but it is this day. Mm -hmm. um, I will be taking early retirement. Um, With the exception of three months maternity leave, I've worked full time since the age of 15. So it's going to be a very odd experience, but I hope to embrace it and make the most of the time. Wow. So as I say, we're going to speak to Alison in in a few minutes. We're also going to speak to the author Celia Dodd, who's written a number of books around this area, including Not Fade Away, which we've got sitting in front of us just now, How to Thrive in uh, Retirement. Um, And hopefully she's going to have some... uh, Good advice for Alison, though. I'm I'm thinking that Alison is probably going to be quite emotional when we speak to her. Um, I was thinking about Vanessa Feltz this morning because remember we spoke to her a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. We're supposed to speak to her on the day that actually she made her announcement about leaving Radio 2 and she called me up that uh-huh. morning and said, look, Kay, I'm, I'm just not in the right head space yeah. for yeah. this, which I fully understand. And so Alison might be feeling a wee bit like that um, as well. So... We'll give her time to settle down because I need to hear all about the wedding at the weekend. How was oh, it? It was my daughter's wedding, Lisa. My, yes, she got married and it was just wonderful, Kay. It was great from beginning to end. It was fantastic. I couldn't have, and, and I got weepy. I got just, yeah, a bit emotional. It was so lovely. It was lovely. Oh my God, she's just so gorgeous. They're both gorgeous, but ah, uh, it was, yeah. It was great. It's just a really lovely moment when you see, oh my God, I'm going to get weepy again. Um, it was beautiful. Oh. Oh, that was so lovely. Yeah, it was. It was just gorgeous to see two people so happy. Maybe it makes you think, mm, where am I in this? <laughs> but yeah, they are so in love and they did both little personal speeches to one another 
and they were funny, they were loving, they were just, they both mentioned, hope you'll be with me when we try new wines. <laughs> so <laughs> it, yeah, it was just the perfect day. And then I had a garden party the next day for people that come in from abroad and family and friends. And that was great because I got this sourdough pizza guy to come in and he made 30 pizzas and all I had to do was make a couple of puddings and supplying the fizz and that was it. Oh. It was beautiful and the weather was pretty shit on the Friday and then on the Saturday and Sunday it was fantastic. So yeah, oh. just the best. Oh, that's lovely. I was thinking about you on the day actually because you're right, the weather had been pretty rubbish in the in the lead up and it you know, dawned a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, lots of people get married in bad weather, so it's not that. But there's something about a beautiful day for a wedding that you just think, oh, everything yes. is aligning. And so did your emotional response to it surprise you? I mean, I don't suppose you ever know how you're going to feel in that situation. Uh, mm, did it surprise me? No. I think it, you know, with your firstborn, you're always going to think, mm. And uh, when I saw her coming down uh, with, you know, in arm with uh, her dad, Rich, it was just, yeah, you think, oh, my God, she looks so beautiful and mature. And this is just lovely. So, no, it's just, you know what, all you want are your children to be happy. And that was a very happy moment. Mm. Yeah, it was lovely. When did you get into the dress? It's not a dress. It was a dress. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, what was it called? It's a, a jumpsuit. Jump I don't know what you kind of call it, but I absolutely <laughs> got into And do you know what? I got so many compliments. Good. I got loads of compliments. So, um, yeah. And Lisa said yesterday, she gave a ring and said, oh, mom, everyone calls you the cool mom, mother of the bride. And uh, yeah, it was... I know. I'm very happy with it. So, uh, yeah. Did, did you have one of those confections on your head? No, what do you call them? Fascinators or something? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You get different types. No. No. The bird's nest. I did not bother with that. No. My um, my um, Jane Moore wig helps. No, it's not Jane Moore wig. <laughs> <laughs> my Jane Moore haircut helps. But do you know what? I've got some tablet for you. Because... Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. I made all this blinking tablet, you know what? And uh, however, Kate... Um, it's funny, I can see Ali and Celia on Zoom and they're oh, both no. making the sign of the cross. I don't know, they don't want your tablet. Ali says... <laughs> oh, they do want the tablet. Too sweet for her. I remember her saying that. Oh, really? Oh, Nathan, I that's love for you. That's this for tablet. Engineer. Nathan, I love the because so. you're actually on a strict diet now, but strictly... <laughs> Or you should be. You've got a little one of the <gasps> Oh. It's actually one of the favours. You mean it? I know. No, I'm not. It's for your own good. It is for your own good. You should be on a really tight sort of protein, high protein. Get those kind of like, what do they call them? Oh, that pulsy thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Six oh, pack or whatever you, you call, to call it. That? I don't it used know. To Core, whatever. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. In fact, I can take that back if you want. No, it's funny. Nadia Sawala keeps saying to me, you're an athlete. Treat yourself like an athlete. And I'm sitting there with a bag of crisps going, yeah, yeah, I'm an athlete. I probably shouldn't give you that at all, I am actually. a total athlete. So that was for the favours, the tablet for the favours. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, does the son-in-law know what he's let himself in for? Adam, <laughs> I think he likes me. Do you think he does? I think he likes me. I think he was a bit kind of, ooh, this is a bit, you know, at the beginning. Um, but then he thought, well, yeah, if this is how Lisa's going to turn out later on in life, then I think, I think she'll be all right. Well, you're quite full of yourself today, aren't you? you know what? I'm getting all hot, for God's sakes, and bothered. <laughs> <laughs> My, this blinking top's been on and off and on and off. You think I'd be well beyond the old menopause by now, What, are you yeah. still flushing? No, I don't know. It's just really hot. And yet, God, even Nathan's fanning himself. Yeah, that might have been the amount of tablet that's been put in front of him now. Imagine if you didn't. Actually, like... you know what? Diabetes, I'm not going to be responsible for that. <laughs> God, I never thought of that. Imagine if you didn't like the son-in-law. Oh, God, that would be grim, wouldn't it? That actually would be, yeah, that would be awful. And I'm sure it happens a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. Thought, I bet yeah. you a lot of blokes or on the other side from a lot of um, or, or daughters-in-law they're never quite good enough for their child mm. or child but you know what I mean yeah but anyway you're a happy chappy um, well listen I'm really pleased it was a thank lovely you day. it was it was a beautiful day why shouldn't you get emotional just now I you know. never know when it's going to come up I know. that's maybe menopausal as well but how long these things last for I know because you're usually hard as nails aren't you I get that from you. I learn from the best, Kate. Learn from the best. I just well listen, talking of emotions, um, let's speak to to Alison now, who today, uh, final day of work. Hi Alison, how are you? Hello. Hi. Fine, thank you. Good, good. And we've also got Celia with us. Celia Dodd. Hi Celia. 
Oh, hi. 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 Um, why were you both making the sign of the cross at Karen's tablet? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wanted some. I wanted it to be passed through the screen oh, to me. Right. Just what I need. That's not what Ali's seen. <laughs> and I hate tablets. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. Oh, it doesn't give me the book. But the see, thing is, you work in the health service, so um, you probably think it's lumps of diabetes. <laughs> no, but bizarrely, the health service side that I worked in was dentistry. Oh, oh God, that's even more. <laughs> no, I, I just don't like tablet from years as a child. You don't have a sweet tooth then? Oh, I have a sweet tooth. But I don't like tablet. Oh. <laughs> All right. Oh, well, we don't, don't have to send that. We don't well. have to send any no, to, no. to Ali. So, um, how are you feeling? Well, I don't know. I'm just sort of feeling. I can't believe it because it it's not the sort of thing that I do. I don't just pack it all in. I um. I just have excuses for not doing things because I think, oh, I can't leave because I've got a mortgage. I can't leave because of my you know, parents. I can't do this and I can't do that. And I've done it. So. Hmm. It'll take a little while to process. I mean, yeah. You know, it's obviously you, your job has been a huge part of your life. And I mean, I, I can't imagine you work in the health service casually. I mean, it's a huge commitment, isn't it, to work in the health service for that length of time? Yeah, I, I don't know, really. It's just one of those things. A lot of what you talk about in your podcasts does resonate with me in some things where, like Karen said about when you were in your school and said that you wanted to be a mechanic and they said no. My um, We had one lesson of a careers person came in. They asked me what I wanted to do and I said I wanted to be a Wren and go in the Navy and they just laughed hysterically um, and said, oh, no, you can't do that. And so that was it. I just... I didn't do it. And I had a neighbour who worked where I live. We had at that time two big employers. One was the place that I worked in or went to work in. And the other one of all things was bird's eye. <laughs> and it was either working in bird's eye with a conveyor belt, putting your Arctic rolls in in boxes or going into the, the health one. And she said, oh, I'll get you an application form. So she did. And here I am 40, 42 years later. When I started and I signed my um, contract, the retirement age was 60. And I thought, oh, it's ridiculous. 60, that's ancient. You know, and it's years and years and years away. I mean, I still, I've still got two years to get to 60. But of course, the retirement age is now 67. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you said in your email that kind of work wasn't what it was. What did you mean by that? Uh, well, it's just they just change them. They bring new people in with new ideas, uh, which then they all think it's the first idea that they've ever had. And we had that idea 20 years ago and it didn't work, but they don't listen. Mm. And so you go through the process of doing it all and then you get to the end of it and you sort of think, told you so. Um, and it's just we out. Where I work is split. Some some of it is done up um, in the northeast, and it's the rest is is down here. And it's getting more and more and more is going north. Mm. Um, and you know, it's people that we don't know coming in again with their new ideas. My exit interview today was done not by my own manager, but uh, but by somebody who's literally just started and spoke to me and gave me you know lots of advice. And then me, emailed me afterwards and said, oh, sorry, I was supposed to say all this to you. Oh. And told me I was a valued employee, employee for 42 years and they valued my opinions and what I had to say. And so if there was anything that I wanted to say, feel free to email it. Mm. So Felt a bit like a script, did it? Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's ticking boxes, isn't it? They've all got to go through it and they've all got to do it. Um, you know, I wouldn't have felt quite so bad if it had been somebody that, you know, one of the managers that I had worked with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were there. Yeah. So, God. you know, you're not that important. That's such a basic human thing, isn't it? You know, I mean, so, that must know. help you think I have made the right decision to get. Yeah. And I'm, I'm surrounded Absolutely. like because we've been working from home for the last two years. Um, you know, you, you don't see the people and but. Kindly, we do have an office, and some people go in just for the odd day. And my proper sort of friends went; they all went in today. 
Um, hmm. So my desk was decorated. I had balloons and lots of presents and things like that. So, so yeah, so that was nice. They made an effort. And to me, they, they're the only ones that matter. Yeah. You know, you know what? about the bosses. Alison, if they'd said to you today, actually, do you know what? Could you stay another month? Because ooh, we're in a bit of a tight scrape. Would you have wanted to stay another month? I wouldn't have done, but I would have. God, <sighs> is that right? Would you really? Yeah, because it, it's not them. It, it's the it's the people that I work with. You know, I they have my number and they know that even now, once I've left, if there's something they're not sure about, they only have to ring me, it, yeah. you know. But, you know, it's, I mean, so you just to bring you in, it's, it's mm. 42 years of your life. I mean, it's yeah. a massive chunk of your life. And I mean, you know, in the podcast, we've started to discuss, uh, you know, these kind of issues. And it was great to get your email, Ali, and oh, Karen's inspired me. But, you know, we're not going to be silly about this. You don't walk away from 42 years that easily, do you, Celia? And that's not to say it's not the right thing to do, but it, it's still a big thing to do, isn't it? It's a huge thing to do. And I think what's great, actually, about what Alison's done is that she's taken control. I think all of the research about retirement is that um, if you take control of when you retire and then what you do when you're retired, that really you know, gets you off to a great start. It's fantastic to do that, even if it doesn't feel that great now. And um, so even though you feel a bit negative about the people, you know, your who were your manager and so on, saying goodbye. Uh, I think the fact that you've taken control, you know, makes a huge difference actually, because you have to be really proactive when you're retired. You know, you've been sailing along, perhaps on automatic pilot to some extent. Even you know, what whatever kind of job you do for years and years, um, a lot of decisions are taken for you. But when you retire, you you have to make all the decisions. You have to make it work. And people think it's a passive time, but it's not at all. You have to be really, really proactive and, you know, seize the hour. And it sounds like you're really going to do that when you've recovered, you know, when you've had a nice break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is that is my concern, to be perfectly honest, is I haven't thought that far ahead. Mm. Um, I think at the time I had so much going on. I just obviously made the decision. That's it. I'm going. And after I'd done it, obviously, it's too late to retract it. Mm. And then I just sort of think to myself, oh, shit. What am I actually going to do? Um, and I do have this horrible feeling that I'm just going to sit on the sofa watching this morning and lose swimming, which oh, is an issue. That's what I that's what I do every day anyway. <laughs> but I am normally working at the same time. Um, Alison, so, it won't come to that. Don't worry. <laughs> I know you don't know who, what loose women is. It is my life. I'm sad to say that I don't even go on holiday. I record every episode while I'm on holiday and I watch it when I get home. That's how sad I am. So, yeah, I am a little bit concerned that um, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? But um, I am, I've now got the opportunity to do something. Hmm. Um. Yeah, so Celia, what what would you sort of advise someone in Ali's situation to do now? Do you just give yourself a bit of time to breathe? Um, should you be sitting there with, uh, you know, a notepad and pen and writing, you know, some kind of planning list? How would you tackle it? I'd have a, just a few weeks off. I think it's a really good idea to go away on holiday if you possibly can. But um, Monday, I'm taking my mum over to my brother's in Amsterdam for a couple of weeks. So yeah. I think that's, that's a great um, opportunity um, to just look at your life. You get a really objective view if you just get out, you know, get away. And you can really look back, you know, when you're on holiday, you, you make a lot of resolutions, don't you? You think about all the things you might do. And so I think that's a really good plan. And then, you know, think of some ideas of things mm. you might do. And I think just... Um, just try lots of different things. Kiss loads of frogs. That's what I do. That's what I do. You know, be prepared to make mistakes. And what people say they miss about work is things that they don't having to do things they don't look forward to. So sort of things that get out of get you out of your comfort zone, mm. so that challenge you. So I think you just need to think about all the things you did like about work and all the things you miss about work and then try and find them in a new context because there's loads and loads of, of other ways and of course you can always find new work you know mm. go back to 
to doing something that you you wish you you had done when you were younger. Yeah. That's not behind the rens, but um, I think my rain days are over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, something that maybe yeah. all of those interests that you had from the past. So yeah. I think it's just a question of just thinking really, really broadly and opening yourself up to possibilities because this really is your time. I mean, I know you have other commitments, don't you? But yeah. but it is your time now. And, you know, you don't have to um, be in the mould of work anymore. Do you know, I, so, I wonder if that's one of the things that's difficult. If you you get to this stage in life and you've spent a lot of your life doing things for other people. And I don't mean to sort of play the martyr card in in any way, but, you know, whether it's doing work because you've got to work and then you've obviously had responsibility for for your parents as as well, Alison. It's quite hard to say this is my time. It's it's quite a big emotional leap or or not. Without feeling guilty. Yeah. No, I do have huge, I have a a problem with that. You know, Mm -hmm. I always, you know, I have a friend who, who, joined uh, work about 20 years ago and has become sort of my best friend who I admire greatly because she just does what she wants. If she wants to do a job, she'll go and do a job. If she doesn't like it, she leaves. Um, She wants to go abroad. She goes abroad. She tries. She's not frightened to fail. Whereas I sort of think, oh, no, I can't do that. What happens if I can't do it? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I do a lot of things that I never used to do only because of her. She's given me the confidence to do things and sort of has shown confidence in me that a lot of people over the years haven't. Um, so I'd like to be more like her, but there's just something inside that is that like, like, like little thing in the back of your head that sort of stops me from doing it because you think, oh, I can't do that because what happens if somebody else wants me to do that while I'm doing that? So, um, so yeah, so, but I'm going to try. Yeah, I think you need to spend more time with that friend. She sounds amazing. Yes. But Karen, you you have been in, in Alison's shoes. I mean, when you decided to to leave, you know, mm-hmm. BBC Radio. And I, I was there for as many years as you have been in the yeah. NHS. Yeah. And it, it was huge. And I suppose... The I I was ready to leave just because I felt that I'd done it all. I'd been in lots of different areas, and it was now time for me to do the things that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have any great plans. That was my plan, not to have any plans. Okay, okay, my laugh. But I have a dog, and so that actually took care of every morning. And in the afternoons, there is a sort of kind of thing. Just you need to still sort of run the house. But I've got my. Oh God, I can't even think at the moment, but I've uh, got my gardening. I've got, uh, do you know, with the camper van um, and, and you know, I'm going on. I'm lucky enough that I'm able to go on holiday tomorrow. Then I'm back for a week and then I'm going away with a friend for another week. And it's just allowing it. This is about me now and I'm the youngest of four girls. And uh, I felt I was always the one that was like, mm, never heard and all the rest of it. And you just think, you know what? My own children have grown up now. So, yeah, it is about me. It's it's my time now. And Did I it take you a while, though, to, God, it didn't to own that? It, it didn't. didn't. Oh, right. It didn't. I just embraced it and I got right into it. And I, and I think maybe the first couple of weeks it felt like a holiday. And then it was just the pleasure of knowing I wasn't going back. Mm. And that is just so lovely. And I have to say, I've never looked back. One of the other emails that we got in, and it was somebody who'd done the same thing, Alison was, uh, you know, a a lady who said that she was enjoying just not being time managed. Do you remember that was a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks ago? And and now her greatest pleasure is, so she wakes up at whatever time, she goes, gets herself a cup of coffee, goes back to bed, and she does, she learns a language on an app, as I do, Duolingo, I love it. Um, and, And she just goes back to bed with a cup of coffee and spends 20 minutes you know, and there's nobody saying, right, you've got to get out the door. Your shift starts at what time, blah, blah, blah. And the joy of that um, mm. w- was just immense. And and I guess you've yet to get that. This is your first day, Alison. Yeah. I went, uh, well, I was up at half past five and started work at seven, which is what I have done almost every day for the last you know, 42 years. So even at weekends, I'm up at seven or I'm up at six. So I need to try and train my brain. I'm not one for lying, you know, even if I wake up, if I'm sort of lying in bed, I think, oh, I better get up now. There's no point lying in bed sort of thing. So, um, Mm-hmm. It is a period of adjustment, but as well yeah, as being yeah. the end of an era, it's the opening up of the next one. It's a real yeah. opportunity 
to try and think about what actually you might want to do or yeah and that might be learn a language it might be I know it's cliche to say voluntary work or whatever but and actually do you know what I thought um when I left I was going to work on the house do that you know bits and bobs of the house um take two years out and then go back into working in some sort of foodie area like maybe Making I don't know, tablet. but just, no, no, making tablet. <laughs> it's just like working with people that maybe didn't know how to cook. And it was basic things like that. And I thought, you yeah, two years. Ugh, I don't have time for that now. So yeah. although I'd applied for a couple of things, they've come back to me and I was thinking, I haven't got, I can't do now, is it? I can't yeah, do can those I afternoons. Can I just say, mm? here you are, you're doing this podcast. Mm. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we were live at the Edinburgh Fringe <laughs> yeah. in front of 200 odd people. I couldn't get up for that. <laughs> you, you never saw that coming. No, I certainly did not. And hopefully you enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved it after the initial stage fright. I loved it. Yeah. yeah, no, so I know, who it's knows? great. It's, yeah, it's all these little things that come about mm-hmm. when you're available mm-hmm. to do them, you know, yeah. and you make room for that. And yeah, you're right, it's great. What kind of things do you love doing, Alison? Well, there's a thing. I'm more practical than academic. So, um, you know, my brother said that I ought to go and start doing courses where you restore furniture and things like that because I can do anything like that I can do practically um don't laugh I've always actually quite fancied playing the ukulele <laughs> mm. well, we, 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 we read out an email was it last week when we were speaking to yeah, Jane yeah, McDonald yeah. a lady who had taken up the ukulele and tap dancing at the same time and she was loving oh. it <laughs> I draw the line at tap dancing nobody wants to see that but <laughs> you know so I might I might take on the ukulele yeah, yeah. so do you know what nothing's stopping you now is there mm. Absolutely nothing except yourself. Exactly. And that is, that has what's stopped me for doing anything. It's me. It's nobody else. It's always been, it's always been me. So this is the start, starting tomorrow. Mm. It's um, onwards and upwards. Yeah, Hopefully. Well, starting tomorrow, give yourself a break. You know, yeah. starting mm-hmm. tomorrow, have a wee lie in. You know, that's that's a big deal for you who's got up at the same time for goodness knows how many yeah. years. Yeah. <laughs> Celia, what, what's your story? I mean, you're not retired then, you're an author, but your life has changed a lot in this last period. Yeah, I mean, I'm at the stage where I'm kind of wondering whether I should retire or not. So this is really of a great interest to me because I think it is a really difficult decision to make, um, you know, time versus you know, versus what your time for your, for yourself versus, I don't know, I suppose I get a lot of fulfillment out of my work. And I think, um, like, I think like a lot of women, I'm enjoying the being able to be single-minded about it after a long time. You know, I wasn't able to be, I had the kids, I had a whole load of other things, other commitments, and now I can be single-minded and I do really like that. So although my husband's retired, um, I'm not sure I'm going to. I just don't know. I don't know. I keep thinking, trying to build up new interests that will carry me through, like um, playing, trying to play in a Kaylee band and things like that. Wow. Um, but which will, you know, which will sort of carry me through to a retirement future and to have things that I would really love to have more time to do. I think that would, that would, that's kind of my, my aim to, to have lots of things I want to do instead of work. Can I um, ask, sorry, Celia, sorry to interrupt. Um, do you work from home then as an author? You work from home? Yeah, so I how do. Was, I, how was that then when your husband retired and then you were both at home? Because, <laughs> well, yeah. Carry on, sorry. <laughs> well, he retired in, in COVID, so he went through, uh, yeah. So it's, it's okay, actually. I mean, because we had a sort of practice run in the lockdown, um, but I have to say, I, I kind of do miss having the house to myself, having the place myself. But at the same time, I quite like having someone around um, to go and have a natter with if I feel like it. Um, and, I, yeah, I mean, I miss him going out and I miss the fact that, you know, he used to get on his shirt and look smart. And now he's sort of slobbing about in his slippers. Oh, and his... no, really? <laughs> get that sorted. <laughs> Not all day. Not all day. So I think uh, we have to make sure that, you know, we're both we both go out because I obviously I don't. I'm not at home all the time. He's not at home all the time. So I think you have to be really careful um, that you're not all in all the time, 24-7. That would be just terrible. Celia, are you a little bit, and I'm just taking a flyer here, are you a little bit retirement resistant? Yeah, definitely. Why? Well, I mean, partly my dad had a terrible retirement. So 
Um, I grew up, you know, when with somebody who really was very depressed, actually. I'm really sorry, Alison, to say this because having spoken to all these fantastic people from my book, I know, you know, I've found heard so many wonderful stories. And that's partly why I wrote it, because I wanted to find out really a positive way of handling it and that it didn't have to be this, you know, loss of status, you know, loss of structure, loss of, um, you know, kind of purpose, really, that really beset him and made him. He just couldn't regroup. He never regrouped after that. So, um, so yeah, and I think I've internalised a lot of things that women, older women feel about retirement, you know, that it's a kind of – retirement's a really dirty word, actually. Yeah, um, yeah it is. Uh, I think it is. Mm-hmm. That, you know, if you – if I, I – you know, I – if somebody said to me, oh, are you retired? I, I definitely go, oh, God, no, you know, I, which is terrible since I've written a book about it. It's really – bad but i think there is still a real kind of stigma about it and uh, for men and women and it's ridiculous because as i say it should be the time of your life it should be the time when you can really do what you want to do and have a great time as well as doing other things that you have to do uh yeah so i, think, I really I, wrestle with this all the time no but I, I really think that your honesty in that is is really important though though celia because mm-hmm. a lot of my resistance in fact starting this podcast was that the word retirement freaked me out you mm-hmm. know my mom and dad had their own business and actually they never retired what took them out of the game was ill health so they worked themselves you know into the ground i mean they enjoyed having their own business but they they worked until they dropped almost Mm. literally you know Mm. um and i suppose that is what i grew up with and again i can't believe i'm having to say the same as you alison i'm not going to go as far as say karen was my inspiration but um (laughs) go on go on try it my sort of retirement resistance you know i'm sort of making jokes about you sort of taking the dog for a walk and making oat cakes that's all i do oat cakes and tablet (laughs) etc if I'm really honest, comes from my fear mm. um, of of being redundant in that sense and losing status, etc. Mm-hmm. Whereas you have framed this as an opportunity to do what you want to do, mm-hmm. and as you pointed out to me, I am probably controlled by my work because mm-hmm. I give it such importance in my life, and so I, da- you know, everything in my life centers around my work. Whereas for you, everything centers around. Kind of what you want to do. And yeah. I mean, there'll be family commitments in that yeah. as well. You're not, I'm not saying you're selfish, but you know, maybe you are. Um, <laughs> do, do you know, but that's, that's a real shift to make it a positive um, stage of your life rather than that stage of your life that you're done. And, and just, can I just say that, but, but actually in being retired, and we, we all hate the word, it allows me the time to be there for the girls as well. If they need me, um, to do, you know, to work with them in things that are going on in their life. Whereas before, you know, if they phone me up, I'd be like, uh, right, well, you know, can I get back to you like after seven o'clock tonight? And and it's just a small thing, but I'm actually available now to help them in a way that I haven't been, you know, since they became independent at 18 or whatever. So that's really lovely as well for me that I'm actually can be there for them again. Mm. So what did you learn, Celia, when you were speaking to all these people to try and find a positive way to transition into, I'm going to call it the third age, it's a horrible expression, but you know what I mean? Well, I think, um, I think obviously one of the big things is finding new purpose. And I think that's different for all, for everybody. I think what I really learned was retirement is really individual. And, you know, retired people are actually quite a feisty individual bunch. You know, they're, they're all different. And it's a question of not thinking about um, what someone else is doing or what they enjoy but finding what what you really enjoy so if you like doing worthwhile things if you like helping other people you should find a way to a way to do that and that's really what I've tried to do in the book to listen to other people's stories because I think that's a hearing about what worked for other people is a really good good way to to find out what would work for you you can really think about what would work for you you know the mistakes they made the things that they did well There there are quite a few people in my book who made mistakes but because retirement lasts a long time, you know, can retire, you know, last Hopefully. 30 years easily now, you know, you've got a lot of changes to go through. It's almost like a whole new career. So you can afford to make changes and you can afford to move somewhere that isn't quite right or, 
you know, do some work that is rubbish and you dislike and you can you can uh, do something else. So I think that's what I like to keep being flexible. And, that you know, by this stage in life, we're all so adaptable and flexible. And, um, you know, we've got all the tools that we need, actually, to mm. make it work. Um, actually, I really like that. See it as a new career. How does that sound to you, Alison, actually, rather than seeing it as, you know, how am I going to fill my time, which is probably you've had people say that to you, you know, you've got a blank sheet to build a new life. Yeah, start again, really, can't I, really? I'm not sure what the, you sort of, I suppose it's because I'm taking my pension that I am retired as opposed to unemployed. Um, So, yeah, I think that's a a good way of looking at it, Um, you know, tomorrow is is day one of the next 30 or whatever hopefully years and um and hopefully i'll be able to i'd like to do something a bit more worthwhile than sitting down watching (laughs) watching (laughs) telly all day but um yeah, yeah i hope to do something that i can achieve and be proud of doing and you will i wonder if it's more difficult when you've been in the same area of employment I mean, like, you know, the NHS for 40 odd years. So you've not had to go sort of in and out and it had little periods of maybe not working or, you know, it's been like almost institutionalised, aren't you? Because you've been I in work. that for I, so long. I am, as are most of my colleagues that, you know, are the core people. They've all been there for, for 30, 40, 40 years. You know, in when we well, when I started work in those days, you it, had... A job for life. Yes, yes. Whereas people today don't it's, expect to have a job for life. And funnily enough, my son has actually finished his his job today and starts a new job on on Monday. Um, and he's he he asked for my advice. You know, or should I give up the job I'm doing and do another one? And I said the best advice I can give you is don't ask me because <laughs> I well no no because I said I have a sensible head that says. You've got a job that you get paid a good salary for. So why would you give that up for something yeah. that you might not be very good at? But I said, I don't want to say that because I don't want you to be like me. Mm. 42 years down the line having the job. So he listened to his mother That's very and good. didn't take my advice and he <laughs> starts a new job. So and I said, you know, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work and you can get another job. Yeah, but you know what I get from that, Alison, is you're conditioned to be risk averse, mm-hmm. you know, because of the time that we've all lived in and your experience, etc. But there's something in you that steps back from that and knows mm. that actually... Um, you recognise it. You know, it, it's worth pushing yourself out there. It's worth, mm. you know, taking an opportunity, challenging yourself a little bit. So you are there. You're not as risk averse as you think you are. Mm-hmm. No, or, or you I'm would not, never recognise that. No, and as not as much as I, I, I certainly used to be. But no, as again, I put it all down to my friend. You know, she pushed me and had confidence in me and said, well, yeah, you can do that. Why, why aren't you doing it? And I said, oh, no, I can't do it. She said, you can do it. Just do it. And, you know, I'd then do things. I'd never flown anywhere on my own because I was, oh, no, I don't want to go on my own. And I flew to see her in Dubai and I went on holiday several years running and I fly up, you know. So all things that I would never have done before because she's given me the confidence to do it. Um, I've done it, but it, it's still within the realms of all, it's a comfort blanket sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm certainly a lot better than I used to be. I mean, I would never try anything at the risk of, oh, no, it, it might not work. Whereas now, okay, I, I will I will try things. Mm. So She sounds like a good friend. Do you want a couple of inspirational emails from other people? Um, So this is from Lorraine. Uh, She says, I will be 60 in December and I cannot wait. Mm -hmm. I am running to it with my arms stretched out, proud to be 60. Uh, She says, I'm a mum to five, grandmother of 10. I've been through emotional trauma and a horrific menopause, but I've come out the other side. I now spend my time doing all the things I want to do. I found fitness, painting, fell running, uh, my garden, restoring an old house, learning to play tennis um she did a total warrior a couple of months ago oh, you know one of those really sort of muddy assault oh course type well, they things sent her she yeah. did that yep. her. crawling through the mud in the God. ice water i feel like a child again oh. and it is wonderful um i've let go of all of the negative people in my life 
Excellent advice. A huge cull, which I notably enjoyed immensely. Love it. Um, I'm spending my birthday in Australia on a month-long trip, seeing my sister and my family. I'm so excited. There isn't enough time in the day to fit in all the things that I want to do. Please embrace your time on this beautiful Beautiful there, says uh, Lorraine, and your ability to run, jump, or just look around you. For when we have our health, we are blessed. What a great That's email. a great email, isn't oh, it? Yeah. And here's another great one from June, um, who says, I had a fuck it moment, excuse my French, <laughs> excuse June's French, um, and decided for my 60th, which is next year in June, to take a three-month sabbatical from work and travel solo for 60 days, the last day being my 60th birthday. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm doing the Greek islands. I've invited friends to meet up with me along the way, not decided what to do during the third month. You could join her, Alison. <laughs> um, <laughs> suggestions welcome. And she says, P.S. I have never travelled alone. Oh, wow. That's a big one, isn't um, it, Celia? That's yeah. brilliant. It's just brilliant. And I, I think what's so great is that one thing leads to another. You go and do one thing, even if it's not anything quite as ambitious as that. But even the smallest thing, if you if you get out there and do one thing, it leads to something else. And then that leads to something else. As long as you get out of the house, I think that's and, and just find something, you know, a course or a bit of volunteering, anything. It will lead on to other amazing things that you just can't imagine now. Mm-hmm. It's what I think happened. I mean, that's good then. So you don't need a master plan, but you just take one step and then see what follows from that. Yeah, I think some people like having a master plan. It's up to you, really. Some people like having it all planned out. But I think when thinking, oh, in five years' time, I want to be X. I know people that do that. In five years' time, I want to be doing this, 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 and this. But some people, I think it works just as well to feel your way in in, in life. Because after all, you've been at work 42 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite nice to, you know, until you shed work, you don't really know what you're capable of, if you like, mm-hmm. you know, what the possibilities are. So it's not until after you leave work that you can really start feeling your way and thinking what what you'd re- you would really like to do. So yeah. yeah. Um we've got another email in that maybe looking for a bit of advice. Um this is from Irene, um, who has recently retired after 40 years in the airline business, wasn't enjoying her job, so decided it was time to go. She says, I never realized how much work becomes your life. Mm-hmm. So having to adjust to this new life has been challenging. I'm still trying to find a new routine. So it's been five months uh for Irene. Um, so you're podcast has come at the perfect time. Love hearing the stories from others. I'm 63, married with three lovely daughters and two grandchildren in Sweden. I live in New Zealand. Uh, My husband works from home and I'm finding being around each other constantly a bit testing. (laughs) Any suggestions? Well, (laughs) Celia, you've been there. Yeah, I'm there now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I think... um, I think territory is quite a big issue, actually, when you're both together. And I think um, you have to kind of sit down and because you, you you often get men kind of invading the kitchen or the, you know, or trying to somebody in my book, you know, she's he said he was always trying to peg out the washing and he knew his wife would peg, come and peg it out in a different way. You know, <laughs> it's all of those kind of things. Um that you're trying to work out a way of being together because it is it, it's it is such a big challenge. And I think. As I said before, I think you have to, you know, arrange time when when you're not together. So difficult if he works from home, but, um, you know, it's best to get out, get out of the house and do something. But then talk about it to him, you know, talk about finding space for each other that you can have separate time and then talk about finding times that you can be close together because it's a real time you have to reinvent your marriage actually you have to uh, find ways to be close as as well as well as you know ways to be apart I think so have you had that sit down with your husband well actually we did um uh we did a bit of counseling a bit of it was called a pre-retirement MOT Mm -hmm. and uh, we did four sessions and I dragged him along by (laughs) you know he was very reluctant but it was really useful in talking to us about our different attitudes to retirement and um, sorting out how, yeah, sorting out the practical things, but also what it meant to us emotionally, you know, that what it means to be married to a man who's retired and vice versa, you know, what it means to f- how you feel about your partner getting older, all that kind of thing. And, and all of, you know, it delved into all of my fears about retirement as well. So although it was only four sessions, it was really, really useful, actually. 
Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting because, again, going back to that thing about not wanting to focus on yourself, you could see that as self-indulgent. But actually, if you're going to have a successful next period of your life, Mm. um, you kind of have to do a bit of work on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I don't think it's selfish to sort of invest in your your relationships, whether it's with friends or with, you know, your partner. I think if you want your relationship with a partner to survive, you've got to really put in some effort and you probably haven't put any effort into effort into it for, you know, a long time. If you've been bringing up kids or you've been working, you know, your relationship doesn't have, it's bottom of the pile, isn't it really? So I think, um, I think it's really, really good to think, right. Yeah. I'm going to, and it's fun. You know, it's not a chore putting effort into your relationship. It should be nice. You should, you know, do nice things together as well as working out ways to, have a bit of distance yeah. is, it fun key? is it fun key with Ian um, well yeah Ian and I are both really independent so we we, we do our own thing and I think uh, does that mean you never see him well, yeah, we are ships and passing the night a little bit. Oh, I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, he's very wrapped up in his world and I'm very wrapped up in mine. It's probably the girls that bring us together. The big thing for us will be when both the kids are out of the house. Because, it's a big thing. Because I had them later, obviously, so yes. Bonnie's only 15. Yeah, um, yes. When, when we... Bonnie goes, uh, we, yeah, we're going to have to do a big reassessment. I have to start talking so to one another. So how did that work with you and Stephen? Well, <laughs> Stephen had sort of retired when I was still working. Uh, and then when I retired, he went back to work. <laughs> so make that, make that what you will. <laughs> I know. And actually he does say, uh, he does two and a half days a week and that sort of works, I would say. Right. But it's when you see other people in relationships, like my sister's in a relatively new relationship and they're really kind to one another, they're really nice to one another. And then I see my daughter with her, new partner or new husband and I think god they're really lovely to each other as well need to learn need to learn need to make, make note so um yeah I think it is actually be kind to one another yeah that's yeah. quite hard for me mm. yeah. yeah well I say and that it's to not too other, bad it's not too well. hard <laughs> yeah I think listen to each other as well I know everyone says that as well you know but it, it takes a bit of an effort to do that but I think you have all these different expect, you know, different expectations and misunderstandings about what the other person wants. And if you just sit down and really listen to what they say, I think it it really helps actually. It does help. And you know what I have learned to do is what you mentioned earlier. I don't rehang the washing after he puts it out. <laughs> I used to. He'd fold the sheets sort of half right over, you know, so there's got equal lengths on either side. It towels. You think, no, Stephen, you just need like two inches so that they all dry. But I've learned to learn to leave it. <laughs> That's my compromise. A big it's not easy. It's not <laughs> easy. It's not easy. Well, listen, Alison, we're going to let you go because I, I really do appreciate that this is going to be a big old day for you um, and you're going to need a little bit of time to, to process it and I'm really really thankful that you you spared an hour for us um, and I see All right. it's um this is my first out of my comfort zone thing that I've done <laughs> oh well you did it brilliantly and what does your balloon say I'm mean, seeing it bobbing up in the background it says um it says you'll be missed oh nice mm. and I'm seeing enjoy is enjoy your retirement in the background there yeah but but listen, yeah. you know, stay in touch if 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 you're not too busy doing other exciting things, Ali. It'd be great to get an email from you now and again just to Yeah, to no, see lovely. How you're I will. It's very kind yeah. of you. It's yeah. been a pleasure to meet all of you. Oh, oh you too. Thank you. That's me. Good luck. Hope you all thank go you. Really well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks very much to you as well, Celia. Maybe you'll come back and join <laughs> us sometime. <laughs> thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. 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 We're coming down to brass tacks, aren't we? I mean, it's been five months we've been doing the podcast. That's flown by, actually, isn't yeah. it? And we've covered a lot of ground. Yeah, and it's well, I mean, obviously it's great to get, you know, stories from sort of well-known people and how they're dealing with, um, you know, getting older and stuff. But I suppose a lot of people from a celebrity, if I can call it that background, kind of just keep going and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, but... For other people, either they blooming hated their job, thank you very much, mm-hmm. um, and they're ready to get rid of it, or they get retired by their job. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there are a lot of big decisions to be made. Mm-hmm. There are. I mean, yeah, I feel for Alison. 
Uh, but you know what? She's got great opportunity there and it would be nice to keep in touch with her. But yeah. Mm. But we just got her in the moment there. You, you, you know, it was really nice of her to agree to, to speak to us today. But as I said to her, I was aware that she might feel today just awash with emotion. Yeah. Because you don't walk away from, you know, a, a career of 42 years and just go, hey-ho, next. It's too big. It's I too know. big. It is her life. It yeah. was her life. But yeah. Big but change. she'll settle. She'll settle. Um, as I say, we have been going for five months now. So if... You're enjoying the podcast and you've been sticking with us. Uh, please let us know what you're looking for from the podcast because we would love to continue it even beyond my 60th birthday, which is at I December. I hope we do, Kay. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm thinking, I didn't know whether we would or not, to be honest, but... Um, how I'm, to be 60 plus. Yeah, yeah, well, how to be 60, you know, I mean, I'm going to be 60 for 10 years, it's going to be fantastic. No, you're not, you're going to be 60 for a year and then oh, you're going to be 61. Oh, shut up, I'm going to be, it's, it's a general concept. Oh, well, I'm saying, you know, you know. just saying. Um, I mean, obviously, we've had some great well-known people and we'll continue to do that, but we can mix it up with other things. It'd be nice to have Celia back, so if you've got any particular situations that, you know, you would like to get in touch with us by email, explain what's going on, we can talk about that. Um, yeah, we but, don't always have to talk to a celebrity. No, we don't. Um, so we could talk about issues around retirement, around um, fitness, around money, around sex. I always love a good chat about sex. God, we've not done that for a while, have no, we? No, it must be three weeks now. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Missing something there. I know. Um, mm. So whatever it is, please do get in touch with us and, and let us know what it is that you are looking for from the podcast. And the email address is podcast at htb60.com mm. Here you go. See you next week. Cheery. Bye. Celia Dodd's book, by the way, is called Not Fade Away, How to Thrive in Retirement, available from all good booksellers. Next week, on the eve of the Strictly Launch show, <laughs> the inimitable Linda Robson joins us. She is famed for telling it like it is, so... Between her and Karen, I'm expecting a hard time. <laughs>